What's up? Can I ask all y'all to stand up? We want to give a shout out to all our campuses, San Ysidro City Heights, San Marcos, East County, uh, all our microsites, and uh, Veronica over there in Kenya. We thank you and God bless y'all. And uh, let's give all a shout out to all the people watching online. God bless y'all. Um, uh, one of our dearly beloved family members and staff members, Keith Dillon, went to be with the Lord this week. And uh, we want to remember his wife, Jenny, and family, and Ryan, his son, all the kids and grandkids um, for their service here at the church. Uh, he served in our stewardship department and did a great job, but he was family to us. And so um, let's just say a word of prayer for that family and acknowledge um, just God's presence and his faithfulness to them. Lord, um, thank you for the hope you give us beyond this life, that what we have to look forward to is so much better than what we have. Uh, but we know that departure is very heart-wrenching. So we pray for your peace, your love on the Dillon family. We pray for your encouragement. And that, Lord, we know that you are faithful. You will get them through uh, this, uh, this transition from this life to the next life. We thank you. Uh, so much for Keith and his friendship to us being part of our family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we give them a hand? God bless y'all. <laughs> oh, um, Toys for Joy. Anyone say Toys for Joy? I, I want to read a list of names um, that we had all, all, just under 5,000 volunteers serving, and, and we can't say all your names, obviously, but I, I do want to list a few names. First, Debbie Smith. De Debbie Smith, raise your hand. So th this, this was our 21st year, and Debbie has been with us 21 years doing this event. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Michelle Casa, uh, who's doing sign language for us today. So, amen, amen. Those ladies are the queen bees of, of this whole event, and it was, it's unbelievable. Start out with toys and Christmas trees. Now it's toys, food, lunch, uh, haircuts, manicures, all kind of stuff, clothes. But let me go through this list. Michelle, I'll, I'll say the list, and we can give them all a shout-out to you after. Michelle Casa, Jesse Vito Cruz, uh, Stephanie Wo uh, Wooding, Debbie Lowry, v Lowry, Victoria Thomas, David and Sarah Suda, Michael Haldi, uh, Kelly Lewis, Mario Compan, Mario Montoya, Greg Hendricks, uh, Tim Neisler, and Zeb Hill, and all the people that serve with them. So can we give all of them a big hand? God bless y'all. Two very quick stories. A young lady came to me uh, yesterday. She's 29 years old. Uh, she had a two-month-old baby in the little papoose thing that you hold the baby in. I don't know what it's called. Uh, <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying. And, 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 and she had a nine-year-old son. And I shared the gospel at the gospel stage yesterday at Lincoln, 8 o'clock. And she said, when you were talking, I was praying to get saved. I just started crying. And the message resonated with me. I am 29 years old. I don't have a husband. I don't have a job. Um, I'm feeding my child. I said, how do you live? I don't have a car. And the most important thing for me today was the clothes. Obviously, the gospel, getting close to my son because I can't get close to him. Um, that's what this is about. There's people getting things that they desperately need. Another young lady at, 
in uh, San Ysidro campus at the uh, San Ysidro event at Southwest High School, uh, came and said, my son got a haircut, and the last haircut he got was last year's event. Um, thank you for what you did. Thank you for your clothes, your time, your money. There are people who God has given us the ability and responsibility and the call to partner with him to meet people's needs in the name of Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. Can I get amen? A lot of people, Christmas is commercial. I get all that. But it's, a, it's an opportunity for us to do his work. And, and all the people who got saved, accepted Christ into their heart as they saved over 2,000 people like that. That's what it's all about. Can I get amen? So thank you very much. Let's give, say hi to somebody. Give someone a big hug and a kiss. Let me also not forget uh, uh, Chuck Leslie, Diane Van Lee, Chuck Franklin, uh, also as uh, part of that. So thank you and all the other people. Sorry, I can't say everybody's name. Let's lift your Bibles up on the count of three and say word. <laughs> you know, I, 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 um, I know I'm part of a minority of people that like math and numbers. <laughs> so, so I'm going to say one, two, three, then say word. One, two, three. Very good. Let's do it one more time. Rock Church, say one, two, three, say word. Turn to Genesis chapter 28. Genesis chapter 28. Lord, I pray you rock our world. I pray you just blow us up today. I pray this is not just another Sunday we come and, and, and the feel good. I pray you open our eyes up to some truth that we didn't have an hour ago. In Jesus' name, amen. If someone was to come ask you this question, who are you, what would your answer be? Because it depends on the context of the question will determine the answer. If I was on the football field or basketball court and I was on a team and the coach had put us in positions and he came around and said, okay, who are you? I would answer the question in that context and say, I'm playing this position. If I was in a play... And the director said, who are you? I would answer the question according to the role I was playing. Matter of fact, I was in a play in high school. It was a musical. I cannot sing. And so what happened, <laughs> you're, you're, you're already laughing, is it? And, and we were singing. There was 12 of us guys across the stage. We were singing. And make a long story short, he pointed to me and said, something's not right. And he said, will you stop singing? Let's take it from the top. <laughs> you just mouthed the words. And then he said, from now on, let's do that because you are not a singer. And so that's where karaoke started was that incident was the whole invention of karaoke. Um, but, it, but, and that's a true story, actually. It really happened. I went, I went the whole musical just. <laughs> but he would say, who are you? My, actually, my role in that play, I was the pimp. It was Guys and Dolls, and I was the pimp in the play, which is, which is really my role. But if he said, what, who are you? I would say, I'm the pimp in this play, Okay. If, he's, if you were in a meeting with a bunch of consultants, like when we had to build this building, um, I would come in the room, and there'd be like 10 people in the room, and I would go around and say, who are you? I'm the lawyer. Who are you? I'm the architect. Who are you? I'm the whatever. And who are you? And then I would say, what does that mean? And, I, and I would, we'd start every meeting like that. Who are you? What if evil came up to you and said, who are you? Because I'm evil, I'm going to destroy your life. What if fear 
came up and says, I'm going to paralyze you today. I said, who are you to you? What do you say? Discouragement, anxiety, anger. Came up to you and said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to steal, kill, and destroy your life. So who are you to stop me? Here's your answer. And by the way, there's many biblical answers, but here's the answer for today. I am the gate of heaven. Say, I'm the gate of heaven. Come on, say it one more time. Say, I am the gate of heaven. A gate is a transition point from one world or environment to another world. A gate is a transition point from one to another. It's from the front yard to the backyard, from outside the house to inside the house, from outside a room to inside the room. That's the gate or the door. You and I are the gate of heaven, the door of heaven. Why is this important? Two, two weeks ago, we started a series called Who Are You? And it's designed to teach us and help us understand more clearly our identity in Christ. Because if you know your identity, you will know how you are supposed to view and experience and process your life. Everyone say, I am. I am. Say, I have. I have. Say, I will. Your identity is all about who you are, your name, the title we give you. Last week we talked about being resurrected in Christ. That's your, that I am. I am resurrected in Christ. And then based on whoever the I am is, then you, you have something. I have. Because I am the resurrected in Christ, I have access to the throne of God. And then based on the resources you have because of who you are, there's something you're supposed to do. I will do this. And so when you think about who you are, you can't just say, I just go to the Rock Church. That is not an identity. That's an activity. And that's an activity that may not even do you any good unless you engage in the spirit of God because the Rock Church has no cachet in, it, in the kingdom other than the spirit of God. And so you have to say, I understand who am I in Christ? How does God identify me? What does God resource me with? Because he has identified me as such, his child, an ambassador, the gate of heaven. And therefore, based on what he has given me, what does he want me to do with that? Because being a Christian is not about having a title or just attending a church. It's about partnering with God to fulfill the mission of the kingdom of God. Thy will be done on earth. How is he going to get that will done? Via the Holy Spirit through your life. So we have to know who we are and what we've been given so we know what we should do. And so if in your mind, I just go to church, that's not, a, that's not fulfilling the identity. Now, if you have the identity of the devil, you will be focused on not, not only who you are but who you're not and what you don't have and what you can't do. The devil's going to constantly be telling you, you'll never be that. God will never answer your prayer. You shouldn't even ask for that. You're not going to have a good day. That's when you have in your mind a satanic, and when I say satanic, I mean uh, instigated not by and def, um, defined not by the Bible but by the world, by the devil, all these things that you're not. So you have to focus on what you are. And how that's going to happen is by you renewing your mind and starting to think about yourself based on what the Bible says and not what culture says or your enemies say or your critics say or even your friends say. What does this say? Because your friends will even mislead you and tell you all that when you ain't. <laughs> when you, your mirror, your mirror will lie to you. You will see something in the mirror and say, oh, you're the fairest of them all. When you're not, you have to understand what does the Bible say. And so today we're going to talk about I am the gate of heaven. Now, uh, in chapter 28, Jacob is going to have a dream. Abraham's the father of faith. Abraham had a son named Isaac. Isaac had a son named Jacob. Jacob's name was changed to Israel. So this is Jacob on his way to get his wife. He's going to have a dream. 
And in the dream, he's going to see, he's going to get a vision of being the gate of heaven. And he's going to associate the gate of heaven to the house of God, which is what we are, the house of God. Not this building, you. We'll get to that in a minute. Let's read. Chapter 28, verse 10 of Genesis. It says, Jacob went out from Bathsheba and went to Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head and he lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed. And behold, a ladder was set up on earth and its top reached to heaven. And there were angels of God ascending and descending on the ladder. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac. In the land on which you lie, I will give to your descendants. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. And you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. And will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken. If you, if you recognize that God says, I am and I will. And then it says in verse 16, Jacob awoke from his sleep and he said, surely. Everyone say surely. surely. Say surely. Surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. I wonder how many of you guys and ladies uh, uh, walk in the presence of God and you don't even know it. That you're at work stressing. And God's like, uh, let's talk. You're in an argument and you're stressing. And God's like, can I help you? And you never acknowledge him. You are never out of the presence of God. You can't. But you have to acknowledge it. And he says, surely the, the, the presence of God was in this place and I did not even know it. And look what it says after that in verse, verse 17. He says, and he was afraid and said, how awesome. Everyone say, how awesome. Is this place, this is none other than the house of God, the gate of heaven. This is none other than the house of God, the gate of heaven. Uh, he lays down. He sees a vision of this ladder going up to heaven. And he sees these angels coming up and down from heaven. The angels are God's ministers or servants that go on assignment. You have angels involved in every single one of your lives all the time, every day. And they're on assignment. You pray, God dispatch an angel. And they come down, they, they fulfill their assignment, they go back. I mean, he's having this vision of these angels and God at the top of the ladder saying, I am going to bless you and your people and your people are going to be a blessing to all the earth. The promise I made to Abraham, your grandfather, I'm making to you. And he says, surely God is in this place. And therefore, because God is in this place, this is the house of God. Look in your notes. The house of God. And we, when we think of the house of God, we think of a dwelling place of God. When I was a kid, I, I was in a Catholic school. And we would go to the church because that's where God was. Anybody remember that? Some of y'all came here because you think God is here in this building. God is no more in this building than he is outside the building. 
You are the church. God lives in you. This is something you have to, this is very important you understand. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Let's, let's go back, look in your notes, John chapter 1, verse 14. This is the, the, the foundation of it. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then in verse 14, it says, the Word became flesh and dwelt or tabernacled among us. This concept of God living in us, or us being in the house of God, started with Jesus. He says, this is, I, I'm God, the, the, the word of God is God and he's living in people. God made you and me in his image like a, we make a glove in the image of a hand. He made us in his image so like a glove made in the image of a hand so the hand can fit in the glove. He made us in his image so we can live, he can live inside of us. You are the house of God. First Corinthians chapter 6 verse 19. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you. The Holy Spirit lives in you. And so when you come to church, and some people walk in church and they'll walk in different churches, this church is no different, and they'll say, I just felt the presence of God. <laughs> and, 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 and you may think, well, I felt the presence of God because God is in that building. Well, actually, God is in the people in the building. And what you're sensing is the presence of God that's in the people, not the building. Can you get an amen? And the Bible says in Matthew 18, 20 that, 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 that where two or three or more gathered, there I am in their presence. And the reason you sense the presence of God in here is because two or three or more gathered who are coming here to worship and acknowledge the presence of God. And there is probably, I'm guessing, some little expectation that you are going to walk into the presence of God. I'm going to church. God's there. And, you, and you're like, okay, I'm, you're, I'm receptive. And then all of a sudden, all these other people came here with this anticipation of being the presence of God. Yet you are bringing the presence of God with you. You are the temple. You are the house of God. Someone say amen. <laughs> amen. Okay. And now, <laughs> I'm just making sure you're all awake. There is, <laughs> there is something in you that is not of this world. There's something from that world that's in you. And what's in you has to come out. That's the gate. A door is a transition from one place to another, from outside to inside, from front yard to backyard. And if something is in you that's from another world, at some point it has to come out because you and I are supposed to be kingdom warriors declaring and demonstrating the kingdom of God, destroying the works of the devil. How is it that going to happen if what God has put in you stays in you? It has to come out. You are that transition. Look what it says. Look what it says. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. A gate is a point of opportunity and transition. Paul says, furthermore, I came to Trost to preach Christ's gospel and a door or opportunity was opened to me. Revelation 4.1. John sees a vision in heaven. He says, after these things, I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. And a voice which he heard like a trumpet saying, come up here and I will show you things which must take place. Can you imagine having a vision and the door is open and he's saying, heaven's on the other side of that. Come on through. It's a transition place. That's you and me. You and I are that door because the Holy Spirit lives in you. And the Holy Spirit now has to come out and express himself through you. This is making sense to y'all. Okay, number two in your notes. Look what it says. You have access to an open heaven. <laughs> Everyone say, I have access to an open heaven. Say, I have access to an open heaven. 
many people, and, and I would uh, forget many people, all of us, at some point in another, and I would venture to say most of us are more preoccupied with the circumstances under which we live versus the open heaven under which we live. See, in reality, you live under open heaven where you have access to everything in heaven. But in practicality, you live over here under circumstances. I don't have enough money. I'm getting sick. I don't know who I'm with my job. I'm not getting married or whatever. My relationship's messed up. And all these, all these circumstances through which the devil's saying, you're a failure. It's not going to work out. You're, you're old. It's not going to work out. You're not good enough. You're not gonna work. And, you, and you're constantly bombarded with the cloud of these circumstances when God says, that's not who you are. You are the gate of heaven. As a matter of fact, I, in other words, I put something in you for the purpose of something coming out of you. You are the transition point from everything to heaven onto this earth. So you have to decide what you believe about yourself. Are you under circumstances or are, do you walk under an open heaven? That's the, what you have to decide in your mind, in your heart. It says in here in Luke chapter 3 verse 21 when Jesus was being baptized, it says when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus was baptized. And while he prayed, heaven opened. Everyone say, heaven opened. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven and said, that's my guy. <laughs> that's my son with whom I will please. Jesus comes out of the water, and the heavens open. What that looked like, I have no idea. All we could do is put a light up in the sky. <laughs> and, then, and then with the Bible said the Holy Spirit came down like a dove. I have no idea what that looked like, but we don't have any doves flying up in here. So just imagine it. <laughs> and it wasn't a dove. It was like a dove. And by the way, doves only land where they're welcome. What does that mean? Is the Holy Spirit welcome in your life? Some of y'all are scared of the Holy Spirit. You just want to have information. You want to have a, an attendant. I, I went to church, but Holy Spirit, I don't want you in my life because you may do something freaky. Like you won't do something freaky? <laughs> Holy Spirit may make me a freak. Like you didn't make yourself a freak? <laughs> trust me, whatever he wants to do in your life is better than what you can do in your life. You need to understand this. You need to trust him. There was a guy, at the, I think I might have told you this before. There was a guy at the airport. I was, I don't know, a couple months ago, I was coming in here in San Diego, and there was a guy I was walking to the baggage claim and I looked outside and this guy was sitting on a bench and he had his hand out and a pigeon landed on his hand. I was like, brother's bringing pigeons to, to the airport? Because I'm thinking it's not really a real pigeon, like not a real pigeon, a, a wild pigeon. But it was. It was just blah, 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 blah. And, and, and I would imagine that the pigeon had to feel comfortable on his hand or he wouldn't have landed there. You know, the Holy Spirit's not going to land on you until he feels comfortable. You, you, you can, yeah, I don't know about the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Okay, you're on your own then. You people, people who, I don't believe in miracles. Well, guess what? You're probably never going to see one. <laughs> you don't ask, you don't have. The Bible says you don't have because you don't ask. The Bible says you got to believe in order to receive. Jesus opened up the heavens. And look what he said in, in John chapter 1 verse 51, talking to Daniel. He said, just as the heavens open for me, it's going to be open for you. He says, most assuredly I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. He said, he said Nathaniel, when God opened the heavens for me, he never closed them. The heavens are open. Say the heavens are open. 
You have to understand, the devil wants you walking under circumstances. I'm telling you, you need to walk under an open heaven because everything that descended on Christ was, a, was, was all he needed to live the supernatural life he, he did for three years because of what came upon him. The Holy Spirit gave him everything he needed. And when the heavens opened, he said, I got everything. And the first thing he did was he walked into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil and to confront the devil and to defeat the devil. And for three years, he declared and demonstrated the kingdom of God. And he destroyed the works of the devil. Why? Because of what happened when that heaven opened up above him. When you get saved, the heavens open. So everywhere you go, if you go to your right, the heavens open with you. you. You cannot step out of that light. If you go to the left, the heavens open with you. You cannot go out of that light. But if you decide in your mind, is it following me? Come on now. Come on now, light. Come on now, light. Come on now, light. Am I going to the left? Come on now, light. Come on now, light. Come on now, light. Everywhere you go. But if in your mind, you don't know that. And you do this in the morning. Oh, dear God. Oh, dear God. Thank you. And then you walk over here and go, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Not like, stay over there, stay right here, stay right here, stay right here, stay right here. And then you go over here, you're like, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Oh, my, and, and you know, how many money, and people don't like me. And no, 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 you, this never leaves you. But, if, but you, have to, you have to continue to remind yourself and walk in that power and by faith access what all this gives you. What, how are you going to know that? Come on, light, over here, this is how I'm going to know. Right here. How are you going to know right here? And it, by the way, it has nothing to do with what you feel. Your feelings are very deceptive. How many of you ever fell in love with someone? How many, how many of you have ever fell in love with a knucklehead? <laughs> Don't trust your feelings. <laughs> by faith, you trust the word of God. While we have life class, while we have our group, you can know how God made you. You can know what the Bible says. You can be challenged to live it. That's what this is about. Are you following me? Okay. Heaven. <laughs> Number three. I will release supernatural presence of God. If I am a gate, a transition from one place to another, and I live under an open heaven, and I possess the presence of God. The Bible says when you ask Christ uh, to come in, you have the kingdom of God is in you. You are a citizen of heaven. You are an ambassador, a member of the royal priesthood. That's who you are. That's your identity. There's no change in that. And the presence of God is in you. But the Bible says that God is, as, as ambassadors, God is pleading through us. That means that God wants to express his glory through us. When Jesus was baptized, he didn't start his ministry until he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. When he came out of the water, the Holy Spirit came on him. Two different baptisms. And then he told his disciples, after three years of them being with him, he says, look, I'm going to go to heaven. I do not want you to start in any ministry until you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they said, okay, don't leave. You pray and wait until you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then when this happens to you, then you are ready. So they waited. And look what it says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He says, you shall receive power. Everyone say power. power. 
You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Basically everywhere. And basically what happens is when the heavens open above you, you are going to receive power. Come on now, baby. You are going to receive power and you are going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And when you receive power, you can become that door and you can become the gate of heaven that God will flow through you powerfully and change people's lives. That's how you have to view yourself. That there's something in you that is of another world. That you are not just some person that goes to church. That the presence of the mighty God is living in you. Can I get amen? Do you understand what I'm saying? And instead of living in defeat, living in defeat like, oh, I don't have any hope in my life. The word, my prayers don't work. I have no miracles in my life. I have no power. If that's how you think, that's exactly what you get. But if you say, Lord, I am going to pursue you with my whole heart and I am not going to put any limit on what you do in my life. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, one of my favorite stories in the Bible, three, three guys that were working under King Nebuchadnezzar, a pagan king. And the law was they had to bow down to his idol. And they said, we don't bow down to anybody but Jehovah God. And they said, if you don't bow down to my idol, I'm going to throw you in a fiery furnace. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, brother, you can do whatever you want. We ain't bowing. So do, it's on you now. I'm just paraphrasing, trying to get to the point real quick. And they, and, they, and, they, and, they, and they made the furnace seven times. And, and they said, listen, we're going to play the music. And when you hear Michael Jackson go, oh, you better bow. And they said, no, we ain't bowing. And they played the music. And all the Chaldeans, oh, you the king, you the man, you the man, you the man. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, do what you got to do. They tied him up. And they took him to the fire. All they had to do to save their life was do this. I would have been like dropping something on the floor. <laughs> 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 Same man, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> They're like, no, 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 no. We don't want there to be any mistake. We're not going to cough. We're not going to scratch our leg. We're going to do nothing. We're going to stand here. You do what you got to do. And here's God in heaven going, that's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of faithfulness I'm looking for. And he got all his angels, Gabriel, Michael, Tito, Jermaine, Latoya, get down there. And the <laughs> angels went down and they threw him in the fire. And the Bible said the fire did not burn them. The, the smoke smell did not get on their clothes. Their hair wasn't singed. Why? Because they trusted God. If all you're going to do is come to church, if all you're going to do is check the box, God's like, you're on your own. I'm not interested in that relationship. I want someone that I can fill with the Spirit of God and they can open up the opportunity for the Spirit of God to come through their life and they can be that transition point from the kingdom of God to the kingdom of the devil. And that I can heal people through them, I can encourage people through them, I can get people saved through them and do miracles through them. That's what he wants. There is no other form of Christianity that exists that's real. There's fake stuff, there's cultural stuff, but God is not interested in that. That's why so many people are going to die and they're going to stand before God and they're going to be like, hey, God, I, I said, Jesus, I went to church. He's going to like, hmm, were you the gate? Was I, was I able to get out of you what I put in you? Was I able to do the miracles through your life that was in the Bible? I'm not, I'm not sure what you're talking about then. In a minute we're going to pray. And, and here's there's two groups of y'all. A lot of y'all who got saved have been saved. It's time for you to say, listen, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want God to use me. Being a Christian and not being used do not go together. <laughs> being a Christian and not being used don't go together. Being a Christian means being like Christ. And what does Christ do? He announces and demonstrates and declares the kingdom of God. 
And so I want to challenge all y'all, say, listen, I, I got to go to life class. I got I to go to our group. I got to find out what I'm made of. I got to get some accountability and grow in my faith. That's challenge number one. But some of you have never given your life to Christ. You go to church, you're living under circumstances. The heavens have, you have not walked under an open heaven. You, you haven't asked Christ to be your savior. You want to ask Christ to be your savior. Now, you may be sitting there and hearing this little voice in your head saying, ah, you don't need to do that's all religion. Okay, then you take your chances with, with your idea of who God is and what God wants for you. But there's a hook. There's 66 books here written over 1,600 years by 40 people on three different continents that didn't know each other. And they wrote one story that's unbelievably coordinated. Why? Because it was all written by one person, the Holy Spirit, who's eternal. And he just spoke to this person, this person, this person, this person, this person. And they had no idea how it was all going to fit together. And that book has stories in it, has legal information, has songs, poetry, apocalyptic, supernatural, science fiction type stuff, and it all fits together. Why? Because it's the Word of God. And besides all that, it's living and active, sharper than a two edged sword, and it could speak to you and talk to you about you right now in 2017. Yet it was written thousands of years ago. How's that work? And how many times have you been to a church or listened to a sermon on tape and, and felt, he's talking to me. Well, he don't know you. But the Holy Spirit does. So I'm going to ask all y'all to bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord, may we accept the fact that we are the gate of heaven. The house of God. You, you made us to be the temple of the spirit of God. Not a building. We are the church. So I pray to encourage and challenge all the believers to have their mind renewed that they may believe and understand their heavenly responsibility to release the power of God, the supernatural presence of God in their life. That they would learn what that means and spend the rest of their life learning what that means and how to do it and to be comfortable with it and to work through those nervous moments of allowing God to do something in their life. That we would be challenged for more, more of the glory of God through our life. But Lord, there may be people in somewhere in one of our campuses and all of our campuses on microsites in Africa, people watching online all over the world. You, you've never asked Christ to be your savior. You've never confessed yourself a sinner to him. But you want to have a relationship with him. You want to surrender your life to him. You want to walk under an open heaven. The Bible says if you ask, he will give you. If you ask by faith, believing, how much more a father, if his son asks for fish or bread, if he would give his son good gifts, how much more our heavenly father would not give us of the Holy Spirit if we ask. So if you would like to receive Jesus as your savior, if you would like to receive encouragement, I just want you to pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. It's a prayer of surrender. Pray, dear God, I believe you love me. 
I know you love me. I believe you died and rose from the dead. And I believe you died for my sin because you had no sin. Jesus, thank you for your faithfulness. Please forgive me of my sin. Come live in my heart and be my savior. I surrender my life to you. There are some of you who are already saved and you need to pray this prayer. Dear God, I want to be the gate of heaven. I want you to have freedom to express yourself through my life. I am the gate of heaven. I have access to an open heaven. And I will release the supernatural presence of God. I surrender my life to you, God. If you prayed either one of those prayers, a prayer to accept Christ as your Savior or a prayer to reaffirm your commitment to be the gate of heaven, I'm going to ask you to stand up in a minute. If you want someone that's with you to stand, just squeeze their hand or tap them on the shoulder. If they, you want them to stand with you to encourage you. So on the count of three in all the campuses, microsites, wherever you are, if you're in Africa watching or anywhere around the world, if you pray either one of those prayers, I'm going to ask you to stand here on the count of three. Get your legs ready. You are not under circumstances anymore. You are under an open heaven, a heaven that loves you with a God who is saying to you, I want to bless you and deliver you. So on the count of three, if you pray that prayer, just stand to your feet. One, two. Three, stand to your feet. God bless you. 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 We see you all over. We see you all over. God bless you. Stay standing. Stay standing. God bless you. 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 Now, in a minute, we're going to ask all those people who are standing to come down to the altar if you're in the balcony. All you got to do is turn around and walk up, and the ushers will bring you down. And the rest of us, we want to cheer and celebrate them. So if you're standing up, come out of your seat. Come on down to the altar. Let's give them a hand. Come on now. God bless you. Just stay right there. God bless you. Amen. You can just face me. You can face me. Yep. God bless you. 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 Amen, 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 amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. God bless you. 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 No, no, no. We're done. God bless you. 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 Amen. Come on, let's give him a big hand. God bless you. 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 
You may be seated. Um, all this is great, and you can leave here excited. But if you don't process this and think about it and live according to a changed, renewed mind, then it will be something you forget about and by the time you get to the car. And all that energy and all the preparation, it's not a total waste, but it's going to be somewhat of a waste. Are you following what I'm saying? Are you following what I'm saying? Are y'all following what I'm saying? Am I talking too uh, slurry? Are you, is it making sense what I'm saying? <laughs> I know I slur my words sometimes. My wife says, slow down. So I want to I wanna challenge you every week. I am, I have, I will. I am, I have, I will. You can put a bunch of words. The Bible has all kinds of I am's and all kinds of I have's and all kinds of I will. And they're all consistent. And if you have to renew your mind, anytime you start thinking, I'm not, I don't, I, I won't, that's not God. Now, God can say, I don't want you doing that. But it's always going to be according to what he wants you to do and be, what he's already established. And so I want to encourage you to renew your mind, establish the mind of Christ. Be, walking with God is not about a spiritual feeling and all, that's part of it was really about making clear deliberate decisions to obey God based on his truth are y'all following me that's what's happening you have to have your mind renewed Lord I pray for all these people standing here thank you so much for their faithfulness to come down their courage to come down Lord I pray you bless them and I pray all of us Lord that we would think about these things that when the devil lies to us and tells us what we're not and what we can't do and what we don't have, we would say, no, I am. I am a child of God. I am resurrected in Christ. I am the gate of heaven. I am an ambassador. I am a member of the royal priesthood. I am saved, forgiven, anointed, called. I am the head, not the tail. I am. And because of that, I got a whole lot of stuff and I will do a whole lot of stuff. That we just meditate on those things only. And start reacting to the boo-hoo of the devil. Him trying to scare us, intimidate us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Everyone take a right turn and walk this way. Let's give him a hand. Come on out. Let's give him a big hand. Come on out. Come on, let's give him a big hand. Come on out. Amen. Say Jesus. Come on, let's give him a big boost. Let's give him a big boost.
Praise the Lord. Why don't you guys have a seat as we close up here. We have our pastoral support team that would love to connect with you guys. But we have Christmas right around the corner. But before we get into that, you know, one of the great things about this place, it's so large and it's so diverse. I love, not only is it a diverse church, but every row, if you take a look at the row that you're sitting in, you're probably sitting in a row of people that don't look like you. I love that. Not only the church, but the rows. The row I sit in, my wife doesn't look anything like me, so that's true in my row. But we want to be able in 2018 to get a better handle on how to serve you guys, how to connect with you guys, get to know you guys a little bit more. So we would love for you guys, and all this information is in your bulletin as well, but we would love for you guys to text the word survey to the number 52525. It's going to prompt you just a couple of questions that we can uh, get to know you more, get to know the community more, and basically get to serve you better in 2018. Once again, it's the word survey to the number 52525. And as a thank you, we'll give you a $5 uh, uh, gift card to the, to the rock pile as well. So we'd love if you guys could do that for us so we can serve you guys better in 2018. We've got Christmas weekend right around the corner. I just want to walk you through that, what that's going to look like. That Friday night before Christmas, we've got right here, we're going to have our floodgate worship service once again right here. So if you haven't come, you'll see why we get so excited. But that's Friday night. Join us just for a night of worship, and, and it's going to be amazing. Saturday, the very next day, we're going to have a service here, a family service with just our campus that starting at 4 o'clock. We encourage you to come and, of course, invite your friends and family and neighbors to the Christmas Eve services on, on Sunday. We're going to have our four regular services. So that's what's going on Christmas weekend. We look forward to seeing everybody here. Of course, we have our live class each four Sundays, uh, the first four Sunday month at 2 o'clock, and prayer from 9 to 10 every Saturday. May the Lord richly bless you guys. Have a great San Diego Sunday, and we'll see you guys next week. God bless you guys.